0: All right, well, let's do this thing this morning. Oh, this All is right. this is weird, you know. Usually it's nighttime, and uh, or night nighttime, but evenings. I've got an ice cold beer in my belly and one in the hand, and um, so we're gonna try this like yeah, this is like church, man. I'm sipping my coffee. It's you know Sunday morning. We're skipping out on church as as is tradition.
1: As is that is true. I've not I've not been to church in a in a in a hot minute. Is yeah. it the freeze? Oh know. yeah, that's still a thing. Yeah, why? Why is the minute hot? Mm. Oh. Anyway, yeah, I am I'm, I'm on coffee. I'm not trying to like wind down for the evening. And normally, don't have anything to drink. I don't know where to put my cup. <laughs> I didn't think about set that. it on the Bible so it
0: doesn't leave a sweat ring on the furniture. Uh, oh yeah. wait, no, don't 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 do that, folks.
1: Once again, you always have the Bible, so I also don't have a place for a Bible. Oh, that's true. Um, well, I, you'll I, you'll figure it out. Now that we are in two different locations. I can never see you, so if you ever read something and I don't like, I'm not already familiar with that passage. I'm not going to know. You can just slide (laughs) anything you want. That's good to know. That's some useful information. I'll just be like, that's not on my notes. The dragon with the seven penises. I uh, I gotta like, uh, where is that? I'm using a
0: piece of trash I found on the floor as a bookmark right now. Speaking of Bible reading, I mean it's clean trash. It's not like dirty.
1: I'm like in my mind was immediately is it biblically clean? Like, have you made sure it hasn't touched a pig or like I don't know how that works if it touches the dirt. I think hmm. you're good. Mold, mold is unclean. But ah. I think dirt. I think dirt is un is clean. Mold is unclean. So I think as long as nothing's growing on it, you're good.
0: Hmm.
1: It's actually so this is kind of interesting. The, the um the word for I th- we've talked about this I think in the past on this podcast the word for mold is also the same word for leprosy really yeah yeah so what's going on my house has leprosy <laughs> leprous house
0: that is a very a way worse way to describe it
1: yeah i feel like i'd be more inclined to like do something about it quick well, oh yeah also... <laughs> you've got leprosy you gotta watch out for that yeah hey no. everybody <laughs> welcome welcome to beer and bible <laughs> This is the Sunday morning edition, which sounds like a newspaper. I know, the Sunday morning
0: edition of Beer and Bible, the church yeah. edition.
1: I'm Pastor Neil. <laughs> Welcome to be- the Church of Beer and Bible. <laughs> uh, I will be going over and teaching you, y'all, y'all? Is y'all. That y'all. I'll be teaching y'all about, about the word of the Lord. He's <laughs> our snake handler, too. Yeah, And this is? <laughs> Chris, the uh,
0: super, well, actually, right now, the high-functioning coffee drinker. Uh, official Bible reader and the, uh, Neil's assistant that does nothing but read the
1: Bible. Yeah.
0: when And only during this time, like only on podcasts. <laughs> I do zero of the research. That's all, Neil.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> somebody's got to do it. <laughs> If I if I was somebody like I wouldn't want to do this research. Like I'd rather have some other nerd read all the studies, you know? I got I got I've got my podcast where I'd rather have somebody else just like you do the research, distill it for me. Thank you. So this is my service to all of you people. I spent four years in college and do nothing but the degree but this. That's a lot of money to do this. So speaking of the Bible, and we are studying, we are gonna be in Matthew. No freaking so, way. This is great. Like
0: Matthew, he, huh? <laughs> Never heard of it.
1: Stop calling it beer and Bibles just be malts and Matthew. Matthew yeah. and Malt?
0: Just Matthew at this point.
1: Yeah, just Matthew. Just, just oh, yeah, Matt.
0: Yeah. Just Matt.
1: If I had some chocolate, it'd mocha and Matt.
0: I can I drink mine just black now, which I think you're the same way. Are you still yeah. doing the butter? Or
1: No. You? No. I'm black. Yeah. I just needed coffee to match my heart. <laughs> I was gonna say soul, but that might be taken the wrong way. Yeah. Like like you're not that, so let's go into... Are starting with Exodus?
0: We're going to start with Exodus. All right, uh, and you, that, That's where the piece of trash is, is holding Exodus. That's where the garbage is, is in Exodus.
1: <laughs> so if you're wondering why in the world we said we're going to be studying Matthew, but we're going to be reading Exodus, is that you have to remember that good Jewish boys and girls um, who Jesus teaches... Actually, Jesus was a good Jewish boy and girl... No, Jewish boy <laughs> at some point in his life. <laughs> uh, he was a good Talmud... Talmud Talmudim. He was he was among the Talmudim, which is like students. So he would have gone, and he would have been familiar with this, and so would his audience. Because remember, Jesus. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a Nazi, but he tended to stick to his own.
0: They yeah, they were very um, particular about keeping it in the family.
1: Yeah. So generally, he spoke to said family, and he did not go take the... So so the question is, what are they? familiar with like what was it the other day I was trying to tell somebody a story and I was like I got a job and they were giving us like our uniforms and they gave me a they're like here's a size small and it was tiny on me then they gave me a huge like a large and I was like man I am trying to join like a hip hop group in 1992 right now like it's huge <laughs> on me and uh, and and but the whole thing I was like it's like the goldilocks thing I need one that's just right I said goldilocks and the person's like what and I realized, oh, you're from you're from Iraq, sorry. Oh
0: yeah, that's yeah, huh?
1: But anyone else, if I said Goldilocks, everyone would have been like, oh, ha ha, ha you you can't get the right size shirt. Yeah. The cliffhanger there. If you're wondering what happened, uh, the, I got the large, so it's just this like swallowed up shirt I wear. <laughs> we we want to make sure that we have the historical background or cultural background of this. So if you don't mind reading Exodus 33: 12 through
0: 13. All right. Moses said to the Lord. You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people.
1: Hmm. All right. Jump to 3320. So, same chapter, just a few verses later. So, what you see is this like, whole uh teach me your way so that i may know you and you know me and like so you have this reciprocal knowledge this relational side of of knowing the the father there's also this promise of rest that's coming with this and then 3320
0: all right but he said you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live that was god saying that
1: Yes, yeah. Good clarification. I wouldn't have thought about that, and it would have been really confusing. Um, so you have this this reciprocal knowledge of God, but then you also have this sort of distance that's in there where they don't know him, like he's not close enough, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. that you, you have a separation and no one can know the Father. So we are going to come back to that in Matthew. So listen to that, back pocket, we'll come back to it. All right, so let's go back to you. Let's go... Back to Matthew 11, verse 20. So we've we've just finished. Jesus talked to his disciples, sent them out. We're reminded that John the Baptist is in, in jail. Jesus stays north, away from where he can get arrested, like his uh, cousin John. John's disciples, so Jesus sends out his. John's disciples now approach Jesus. And then they ask him, of, of you know, are you the Messiah or not? And Jesus is like, check out all these cool party tricks I do. Oh, yeah, I guess that is what the Messiah does. And then he chastised them. So he's moving from calling, uh, uh, talking to people about rejecting him. So he said that John, John came preaching the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of heaven. Again, these are the same ideas. Okay, can I do a quick tangent on something? Yes, do it. Excellent. So I've been, uh, I've talked about this idea of the, the kingdom of heaven is not a Christian idea that like, the, the Christians, like, Jesus brought this new idea. This idea already existed. It is the idea of uh, all people living in a society that's enacting the will of God. Everybody's giving to each other. Everybody's doing all the right stuff that they're supposed to do. And you've got a king that is also leading people the way that God would want a king to lead them and act. It's your idea or the idea of, like, what every American should be doing, you know, like— <laughs> they welcome their neighbors and people borrow cups of sugar and politicians are 100% honest and never tell a lie. Like that's, (laughs) that's what you want. And uh, I've been trying to think about like another example of this or something else in China, there's something called the mandate of heaven. And uh, it is this idea that it it was their explanation about why dynasties changed. So if a family continued to live out good Confucius principles they would maintain their dynasty. It would just keep passing on. But once they stopped doing things, uh, then they would they would lose the heaven's favor upon them, and then they would lose that, and then a new group would come into power. So, hmm. so yeah, it was their way of being like it wasn't that it wasn't that the Qin emperor uh, was you know overthrown by a coup. It was that he <laughs> lost the mandate of heaven, which allowed for the coup to happen. Yeah, um, it was
0: all in the plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little. You get that idea of like the mandate of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. They just seemed, they're not exactly the same thing, but it, it's kind of cool to see going further east that there's another group that has this this idea of of how the world should be run. The mandate of heaven and the kingdom of heaven have these ideas of how the world should be run, and you should do things that way. Got it. So, well, so
0: uh, tangent for me. Um, yeah. I wanted to circle back around real quick. Are we gonna uh, dig in more to the whole like? God saying, "If you see me, you're gonna fucking die." Thing.
1: Uh, I think so. I gotta okay, cool. cool. At my notes We're gonna get. So I'll hold, the I'll
0: hold on to that then, because that's something. <laughs> that's the, like the elephant in the room there. Yeah. We'll, so. We'll, all we'll, right. We'll, we'll we'll circle back to that. We'll yeah. Yeah. We're,
1: that. We got to pick up from where John left off, but I wanted to give that background as we go into this section here. Got it. All right. Is it my turn? Yep. Eleven twenty. Yep. Then
0: Jesus began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles had been performed, because they did not repent. Woe to you—oh, wait.
1: Uh, Let's do 20 through 24. Let's do that as a giant section.
0: Okay. Woe to you, Korazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the Day of Judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies— no, you will go down to the depths. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Jesus is pissed. Yeah. This dude at work always, I know I've said this before, but he's an older guy who goes to church and all this stuff. But he's always makes, or every once in a while he'll make this funny comment, like if for some reason in a year's time or whatever, somebody talks about like, jesus or like or somebody says something about the end of the world he's like yeah don't forget jesus is coming back and he is pissed (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what the fuck you're an idiot (laughs) but it's funny so yeah jesus is not a happy boy there
1: no, no, I don't know. It might be coming off the whole thing of like we brought this message two different ways to you. We sang dirges and gave warnings and you didn't listen to us. We sang we talked about a celebration and you didn't listen to us. Or you're taunting. We talked about that last episode about this taunting. There's two different ways of interpreting the taunting there. I'm giving you one right now, but it's going from this issue of people not listening. And now he's going through and giving really giving them the what's what he's letting him know what he's he's trying to say here he gets really serious about it so maybe they're mocking now it's his turn to mock them maybe this is connected to where he said he talked about wisdom a second ago last verse in verse 19 so wisdom is known by her children so he's pointing out like hey you gotta you gotta wake up. Look at what's going on here. The cities he names are actually suburbs of Capernaum, so they're nearby, mm. and maybe they're, they're more like I, I don't know how suburban they are. It might be L.A. versus Orange County and San Diego. Like is Sodom still around at this point? Because he makes reference to it. I don't think so.
0: I was gonna say didn't didn't they wipe those fuckers out back in the Old Testament?
1: Yeah, God God did a number on them, uh, <laughs> destroying them. Before we get into the whole thing of like. Oh, Sodom equals homosexuality. Uh, if you look in Isaiah, it talks about inhospitality. It was the it was the issue with Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. It's more like this is a non-answer. If yeah, that makes sense. Like, for
0: for another time,
1: this section right here is not about that. If you came into and Bible hoping for the right answer, <laughs> you will be you'll be left lacking and in want. Yeah, yeah. So one day we will maybe we will come back and talk about all the different factors that go into interpreting those stories and all the passages that talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. Tonight's focus is that you just have to understand those cities were bad, period, all all around. They were smite, smitten, smited? Smoten. Smoten. God done smoten. Yeah. And they were uh, they were destroyed, so these other ones are these neighboring cities that Jesus has been going around and doing his magic tricks, his healthcare, his healthcare on legs stuff, so they should really be uh, expecting it. They should know, John's disciples came up and were like, hey, how do we know that Jesus is the Messiah, and he's like, look at all the, like, he, people are being healed, and then he's now turning around and saying, hey, on all these places where the healings were happening, people are not believing, mm. which I would be pissed, like,
0: yeah. I did all that shit, and you idiots won't listen.
1: Um, they're so they're so like,
0: thanks they're like thanks for the hearing and the working legs, Jesus. Ha, gotcha, bitch. I'm still not repenting.
1: I I like what you do, but I just don't agree with all of your
0: policies. <laughs> we like your healing, but just not you as a person. <laughs> yeah. What?
1: we <laughs> will take those legs back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Chops them off with a freaking sword.
1: So these might be actually closer. The, this place is might be close enough to Capernaum uh, that he can't that they are coming there. It might be that Jesus is ranting about Capernaum in these cities while in Capernaum. So he's he's there just letting them have it. Exactly what's what the prophetic lamentation like usually um, is reserved for Gentile cities. Usually it's like woe to you and it's talking about other cities. So Tyre and Sidon are these are two Gentile cities. Hmm. Uh, and he's like if if these miracles were performed in those places it would be better later on we're going to have a woman from that area we're going to go up near tire uh, in, in our narrative and she is a gentile woman so she's a she is not of the chosen people she's not jewish and there's a back and forth with jesus and her later on this is also the location if you go back and listen to an episode I think we called it, like, the live launch. So it was our very first, we'd recorded our banter in a uh, in a in in front of a live studio audience.
0: Including our pastor. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> in that section, we talked about, like, where there was this throwdown between uh, the Israeli God and then another local deity of the Tyre Sidon area. So that's where that happened. So him saying, this place, so he talks about two historically- pagan uh, or non, non-God-fearing cities being destroyed, and then he says, woe to you, 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 those who believe they are God-fearing, it would be better if, in this location, and Tyre and Sidon do exist at this time. You were asking about Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed? Yeah. These, these Tyre and Sidon do exist, and those, that area was the place historically of pagan practices. He's saying that they would have repented. The people that don't know God would have.
0: They would have been more accepting and believing than than his own
1: people. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then also this idea of repenting. Uh, we we talk about it like repent. You know, turn a burn. Like you, I always think about the people, with the signs standing on corners screaming. Uh, it means it's better to think of it as changing your mind and your. It's I would say paradigm shift. Maybe is the best way of saying it. Mm. There was a historian... It might be Philo who had switched over the side of the Greeks and w- was telling the the Jewish people like, you guys should should subject yourselves to the Greeks because they have a really powerful army. We don't. So he's his call to them was repent, like change your mind, paradigm shift, turn to the you need to switch sides. You need to join Greek. You should not be trying to fight them because they will destroy you. Hmm. So so think about that way when we're talking about like repent like not less turn or burn but change your mind become in line and 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 I'd say getting in line with uh Jesus teachings of how the Torah the the how worship towards this Judeo Christian deity should be done got it so horizon uh horizon roughly 2 miles away from Capernaum Bethsaida it's in that area. I'm going to skip all that stuff. <laughs> the sackcloth that he's talking about sackcloth is usually made of goat hair. It's not. Camel and it skin. holds your
0: sack. It's like a loincloth.
1: Uh, I think that I have no idea.
0: <laughs> the old sackcloth.
1: Yeah, but it's, supposedly it's like, it's a very sturdy material. It's not very soft.
0: Uh, I'd so, say that would probably feel weird if you're wearing yeah, it. itchy goat skin.
1: Know. As a, as a loincloth, I'm worried about the chafing. Like <laughs> hot Middle Eastern summer. I don't they know. Had, if they you had gold bond
0: things. back then. They just take sand and throw it in there. It's better than nothing.
1: <laughs> just keeps grinding away. Oh, oh man! The next word uh, in the next verse, verse twenty-two, plain. It's very strong contrast. This is where he talks about Tyre and Sidon, which we just talked about historically. They were the enemies of Israel again? Very non-like the op, uh, opposing God. I'm having to hit some things just to remind us about points or like historical context here is that these are going back in old histories that Jesus is referring to. And at that time, there were not in the time, there's it's debated about by, whether this idea survives to the time of Jesus. But at the time that these stories happened, the history of Israel, you have very localized deities. So you would have had the God of Israel, who's powerful and strong in Israel. And then you have the people, entire Sidon, and their God's going to be, it's like home field advantage. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so Jesus is saying like, if miracles had been performed in those locations, those people who would have had their deity would have switched sides. And then he turns to Capernaum. like, so he goes through that and he turns around and he, he hits Capernaum. He actually is quoting and using sections from Isaiah fourteen, thirteen through 21. So, He's drawing on again imagery that these Jewish people would be familiar with. The king of Babylon at the time, his by God's hand, will be brought low. The maggots from his bed and shale, and the uh, the worm and worms provide his covers. So maybe it's like you guys are going to be brought low. Maybe it's like that Capernaum has become like full of themselves. Like you guys think that you're the most super God loving city. Hades and shale or hell shale. I don't know which. What, what, what did your translation say?
0: It just says down into the depths.
1: Oh, that works. That's yeah, yeah close enough. Down well, down. that
0: thing I sent you the other day, that's one of the things that, that was mentioned or one of the like points It was like, you know, some people say hell, some people say it was like a low valley somewhere that like this city that was like in or something that was like lesser or like, you know, a bad place or something. And then, some, you know, there's these different translations or different at- interpretations. That was kind of cool.
1: Look at this, Mr. I-don't-do-any-research.
0: <laughs> that was literally scrolling through Instagram. It took zero effort. <laughs> Our audience doesn't know that. Oh, yeah, that I, I researched that. My own self.
1: Anyways, so yeah, so it, it, it could be, as you said, it could be the shadowy world, could be the shadow world. I feel like that's on some fantasy show or something. Um, <laughs> the, the upside down, I don't know. It's a shadowy holding place before judgment. As you pointed out, some people think this. Some people think it just means the grave. Yeah,
0: one of of those points on that little bullet point thing was uh, one interpretation was like that, you know, when you die, like that Sheol or whatever, like your death would be just being, you would cease to exist, which would be separate from God, which would be translated as like that would be hell. Like not that you're being tortured or punished for eternity, it's just that now you're separate from God, just you cease existence, which would be, you know, hell, quote unquote.
1: We're, we're going to have to post your research. <laughs> we're going to have to share your research on the on the Instagram. So hopefully we'll either share this before or shortly after this episode comes out. Maybe we can share it to our story. Anyways, yeah, we'll have to
0: figure out how that works.
1: Not sure if I've mentioned this. So I went to a Bible college, and generally a lot of conservative American Bible colleges follow the standard evangelical teachings. However, our first president, I'm not saying anyone agreed, like anyone, like anyone after that, but the very first president, founder president of our college did not believe in hell he believed that you got burned up and disappeared that was it like there's no forever and ever and uh torture and burning
0: you know that would be an interesting thing to maybe think about tackling at some point would be like because i you know did a little research on demons and stuff and like the devil so maybe do like a devil hell episode <laughs> one day and just be like this is what people think or this is how this was translated so Ooh. hit hit us hit us in the comments you know if if that's something that y'all would want to hear about or like if that's an idea that you know people might be interested in all right let's know exactly where all you fucking unbelievers are going and possibly me i'm not
1: sure (laughs) i'm not sure anyone's safe at this point i don't know all right so anyway back yeah back to uh so, again, we, we talked about this idea that uh, Sodom was totally destroyed, but it was still used as, like, a picture of final judgment. It's kind of like – I'm thinking about all the people, like, with the snake license plates and stuff. It's like
0: – Oh, yeah, or, don't yeah, tread on like, me.
1: Don't tread on me. Yeah, like, this is an old, old American – was this in the 1700s in America? Yet people still have it all in their license plates. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you just keep bringing up, like – Ah, Sodom and Gomorrah. It's it's just a a very common Jewish picture of judgment. So some, some people actually see this as a pointing towards that Gentile mission. So in Matthew 10, he's like, hey, disciples, go, but only to the Jewish people. Don't go to the Gentile people. And then now he's saying the jewish people don't listen to you and if it was said in the gentile area the and sidon then it would be then they would repent so some people think matthew's like writing this being like see jesus was already planning for the gentile mission yeah um like to go out to those people
0: almost sounds though it's like start with the stubborn ones
1: first we're not
0: going to have as much trouble with the gentiles but these these jewish people
1: yeah i don't know i don't know how that works because you're like okay the, the jewish people got the scriptures so they should know the messiah and they should know all these things yeah this
0: should be smooth sailing
1: yeah, but were there a lot more healings or something happening? Like, Do you just go over to Tyre and Sidon you're like, you get eyes like, screw it, I'm following your God. <laughs> and then the tolerable part should be seen only as God's wrath, not to the uh, degrees of eternal punishment. Mm-hmm. So just once we talk about like, oh, well, forever and ever and everything, maybe it's just degrees of punishment. Just like God's mad. It's not like, here's <coughs> here's how bad it's going to get. Don't a- attach any idea to it. Jesus is pissed. And we're not saying how you're going to be punished Capernaum you Jewish people got it let's do let's do another chunk here let's do 25 through 27
0: okay at the time Jesus said I praise you father lord of heaven and earth because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned or and learned and revealed them to little children Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him.
1: Hmm. Okay, this is getting fun and weird, because <laughs> now, you, now you're getting to the whole, like, Exodus 33, like, you gotta be familiar with this relationship that Moses had with God is very similar to the way this is, Matthew is writing the relationship between Jesus and God. hmm and we've mentioned it a few times that some people think that Jesus is ideally supposed to be a a copy or a form or remind you of Moses.
0: Oh, that just clicked the Moses and Jesus thing because it's because Moses was like you know he's the one that like God spoke to. He was like the vessel that like the, everything that people got was from Moses. They couldn't they weren't going directly to God. They didn't know what the hell was going on. They're like you know just out there, and he's the one like. Trans, uh, transmitting it to them or like getting it to them and so now jesus is up here talking about like yeah that's me the only way like i'm the conduit like you're not getting to him unless you get through me or like unless i you know about him from me
1: just just a quick like fixing F- fixing, fixing my babble <laughs> no no well yes yes, yes. Like, no 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 there's well, you are absolutely right about when Moses came out and, and uh, was a Val Kilmer, I think, in Prince of Egypt, uh, <laughs> led the people out, and then, yes, he was the main guy for a while, because one of the, the interesting stories about this is Moses does not serve as a priest. Like, he is not the high priest. His brother Aaron is, hmm. which is really interesting. So if God came to Josh, which would never happen, but if God came to your <laughs> you brother never Josh... Yeah, it's like God comes to Josh and is like, "Here's the deal. I'm going to talk to you, blah 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 blah." But the person that's going to be the connection and like the connection point between me and the people is going to be Chris. Mm. And then he would, so it'd be like really weird, but that's kind of how it works out. And then there's a point where there's a couple of times where somebody's like, "No, I should be the leader," and and God tells uh, Moses, like, "Okay, take Aaron." And show them that Aaron's supposed to be the leader. It's a weird balance where Moses and Aaron sort of share power.
0: But Moses was just kind of like the mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. In okay.
1: a way, he was—he's still the one there, but the leadership was passed on through Aaron. Because guys, know. guy
0: wasn't trying to kill everybody talking to him directly.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moses was the only one that would go up there, so Aaron had had nothing there. I'm sure it would be interesting to look at to Moses's role and like how the power structure worked yeah. over Israel. Uh, so, uh, Lord of Heaven and Earth, we're going to see that, and we actually see that in the, Kumara- the Dead Sea Scrolls shows up there, as well as in Tobit. So we do see some examples of that. Um, there's a there's something called the Shemone Esrei, which is a daily prayer of Jewish people that says, "Possessor of Heaven and Earth." So we see some some sections there. This is also this section that we're reading through right now is the we're closing off this teaching section from section from chapter 10. So chapter 10 we start by introducing the 12 disciples check out that we if you if you want to know more about the 12 please go back to our episodes find it very beginning of chapter 10 we go through those then we have a teaching and now we're sort of wrapping it all up with this little prayer that that Jesus says I don't know if it's like a prayer like a real prayer or if he's like praying in front of people so he's he, like a rhetorical use of it so children are are again are, are not considered respected or adored like we're like L- oh, love kids but remember <laughs> in this time we also paired children with slaves and little slave boys. So children are a little more expendable and a little less loved than they are now.
0: As it should be.
1: Yeah, it's like everybody was a middle child. (laughs) Being wise uh, does not mean that things are hidden. Here's a couple different interpretations. You're like, wait, things are being hidden from, from people? So God is like... If you don't know this, you're gonna go to hell, and I'm gonna keep you from knowing it. Like, okay, God, just just punch my ticket, send me on to hell. Like, we we don't have. If that's your prerogative. So, some people say that it's it's being wise does not mean things are hidden from like you're smart. It's just like not every infant is uh, is assumed to be condemned here. Like infants have supernatural insight uh, into a matter that's complex. Wisdom should subordinate itself to the divine revelation. So, you might be really smart. And that's okay. It's not like, but it's like you are prideful because you, you've got this all figured out. You, you know, everything. So I will tell you that has happened where I've started hearing somebody talk, not necessarily about the Bible, but about something else I know. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know what you're saying or that sounds crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Fortunately, being back in graduate school, uh, I've had to humble myself. Okay, here's another. We'll we'll spin this another way. This is another interpretation. This is about having a close personal relationship with, with the Father. So Jesus doing the whole like, I'm like I'm close to God, blah blah blah. So Jesus has a close <coughs> relationship with God, and that's why the unlearned, learned kids get it because they have this character of being lowly. Then there's other people that are a little bit more. Uh, we would call them Calvinist, or people that are focused on predestination uh and that is they just believe that god this is the whole god chooses like god just like jimmy i'm going to let you naturally imagine like you're going to naturally know things and you're going to get this and ted screw you ted <laughs> like i have decided not to reveal it to you so there's this divine revelation this is one of my thoughts on this this is not this is not an an interpretation of this but just sort of my idea when we talk about Jesus talking about knowledge being revealed to children. In the Jewish schooling and learning, like elementary school, you you would just study the Torah. That's it. You would not study how people interpret the Torah. Hmm. So, so elementary school is read the Bible. Middle school and high school is beer and Bible commentary on it. Gotcha. So I, I've wondered if there is an idea of simplicity that is being encouraged When Jesus is talking about if you could just focus on what the Bible says, then you and then you can understand what I'm saying. That's the best. But when you have already studied the Bible and now you have all these other laying like these other layers of teaching and interpretation on top of it, it's hard to pull those back. Hmm. That's me adding a lot in there that might not necessarily apply here, but that's sort of that idea of the more wisdom you have, the harder it is for you to accept something new. Then he says, "May it be pleasing in your sight. Uh, that's a very, uh, very common rabbinic expression. I want to say a lot of the Jewish prayers have that as well. May it be pleasing in your sight to do these things. And then 27, it sounds a little bit different, it actually sounds a little bit like John. So some people think that that's coming from somebody else that Matthew didn't actually write this down. Or <laughs> Matthew didn't come up with that line this is the last verse handed over uh, is not teaching or, or informing, but rather entrusting. Then also the question is like when it says all things are known to him, it must be maybe uh, wisdom or knowledge. Is that what it's talking about? Verse 19, wisdom will be revealed by her children, by her deeds. So maybe some that that connects back to that. Entrusting and knowledge uh, has to do with the belief of the, rabbinic, the rabbinical side. Um, of everything we mentioned that a second ago there's also this this phrase to know is to know through and through epigenosco so it's different than just knowing it's like to know it deeply like you know like i i know a car and i know engine i know brakes but you know it deeply i claim to your claims keep the customers coming back
0: yeah more or less true <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, that makes sense that, you know what you're saying yeah definitely uh
1: it could be that there's uh that jesus is the father son relationship and that he's able to uh represent the father in in every case because it's actually it's different his his relationship is deeper and more intimate than that of of others it's um i just mentioned this earlier so i've been watching the show succession the hbo show that you get this dad who owns this company and sometimes like he gets ill and they got to figure out who's going to represent the company and do you go with the people that are in the business, or do you have his children that are also involved with the business? Who who represents him? Who will be able to explain his best wishes? And you could think of it this way, is that a lot of people that have worked for him have <clears throat> known him for 40 hours a week for X amount of years, but his children have known his life much deeper. Yeah. Another example is... Um, One time, uh, myself and our, one of our really good friends, Scott, were talking to our pastor and I started asking the pastor questions and Scott, who has known me for many years and sees me more often and longer, for longer periods of time than our pastor does already knew where my questions were going Mm -hmm. because he knows me and he knows how I, my, the, the, not just the, what I would say, but the thought process. That is, you could even say that Jesus was the disciple of God, the father.
0: Hmm.
1: All right, uh, let's do this last section. We're we're running longer, so let's just read 28 through 30.
0: All right, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
1: Oh, uh, hmm. wait, I just realized we didn't go to that face-to-face thing you wanted to talk about. Face-to-face thing. You were talking about like... Oh, I, yeah, know, the face. Can, like, sorry, yeah, I,
0: that, we could dig into that on a tangent night. We could put that in there, like,
1: pretty easy, like, it, you know, it, yeah, people, let's, like, okay. it, simple questions. Yeah, yeah, let's do, sorry, let's do, all right, do you mind reading th- twenty eighth through 30 again because I <laughs> stopped you and,
0: <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. I, was, I actually made it through, but let, let's do a repeat. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
1: Thank you. Okay. He's saying so, it's easy. easy. You got this. <laughs> No. All right. So in to uh, so twenty through twenty five is this whole punishment for not hearing wisdom. So maybe this is the benefit. It's kind of that curses and blessings thing. Like you <laughs> this is the this, selling point. Yeah, yeah. This is a good thing. So you, you're going to be cursed. And like, whoa, to you or who who have like had these miracles happen and haven't actually bought into the to the thing. Like, you just use me for my healthcare. And <laughs> Exodus 33 which a lot of this this has been reflected but remember we just talked about Exodus 33 12 and uh, 12 through 14 and then we did uh, 20 so Exodus 33 14 my presence will go with you and give you rest so come to me is used often in literature for, uh, for coming to wisdom and we see that in uh, uh, Sirach uh, 42 4 19 51 23 you don't care about these numbers <laughs> the worry and uh, b- burden here might not be disciples it might be people like who you are jewish people please come and join us here yeah. uh and this anapopso is this rest sort of imp- uh implies a bearing a load and removal of, of bur- burdens which is also used in wisdom literature so yoke, what is that? So some people think that's the Torah, maybe. But the Jews see the Torah and the yoke as a gift, not a burden. Hmm. Uh, not oppression, but something a, pers- a person chose. So the yoke is good. Yoke is usually something that's placed on animal to get work out of it. So it might be an animal. Uh, we have an image of an animal putting on the yoke itself, which is a little weird. You are choosing this. Yeah. Uh, which matches that idea that the yoke is a good thing. Uh uh, humble, one who controls his anger. Uh, in most Greek texts, this meet, matches with Moses. though so Moses gets pretty pissed often, but maybe it's like you can feel angry, but you don't act on it. Mm. He's humble. Uh, Jeremiah 6.16 talks about walking in the ways of God and finding rest for your souls. So maybe that's what Jesus is quoting. He's trying to allude to this. Again, these, these are verses or stories or, or quotes that they've heard in their past. Restos is um, useful or stumble good, kind. The Christian life is not easy, but it's fitting. So the, the yoke doesn't mean like it's, it, when it talks about good fitting, that is, it fits well. It doesn't rub. Like, and it's an anti-chafing yoke. <laughs> uh,
0: it's doable. Like you can handle this. Like it's not, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go on a weird little tangent here from myself. There is a company out of New Zealand. They'd make backpacks. Uh, they don't, ma- well, not backpacks. They make body packs. So they take the the standard hiking backpacker overnight bag, and they have redesigned the entire bag to sit on uh, on people's bodies easier. like the, the most ergonomic way that they could design it. In fact, the guy said he he originally was trying to get uh, other companies to pick up his design, but none of them would take it. they would like they were like, "Oh, well, we want to take this out, but we don't want to change this." and he was he refused to do it because he was going, "No." this is an entire system. If you remove one part, you're removing the way the entire backpack functions. So one of the things that they, they push for is they say, you don't need a lighter backpack. What you need is a better fitting backpack. And if it fits, it feels easier. Mm-hmm. So and that's a weird tangent to go on and <laughs> super nerdy. <laughs> but here. it makes
0: sense as far as like the yoke and like what what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's where like how does this yoke fit, and you're able to get more work done when things fit better. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a like I'm sure there's a bicycle analogy here, a mountain bike analogy in there somewhere, right? <laughs>
0: oh, there's plenty. Yeah. Okay. Oh.
1: It might be that the yoke is also sometimes referred to, and but rarely. So usually the yoke is referring to the Torah. Sometimes a yoke is referring to uh, the teachings. So let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gives his teachings or his interpretation of the Torah.
0: I was like oh, you said you said let's go back to Sermon on the Mount. I was reading for the Bible like
1: shit, where was that part at? <laughs> no, no, no. I thought no, I was gonna have to read again. So the Torah is the first five books. It's sort of the what you should do. And then we have Sermon on the Mount, five through seven, uh, chapters five through seven of Matthew. We go through and we he kind of talks through how to live out this Torah and and the and Jesus' explanation of here's how to do it. And now he's talking about how, how the people who are wise are not open to learning this new practice, what's called the halacha—that's the how to do the law. So, what could be saying here is that normally, again, I, I want to give you be very clear here. Normally, yoke means Torah. In this case, the, it, rarely it's it is it means yoke means the teaching of how to do the Torah. I think if you were to apply this rare, if again this is rare, but if you were to use that, assume that the term here when Jesus is saying that his yoke, his his teachings on how to do the Torah, his teachings on how to live out the will of God is easier, more fitting. That might be the way to understand it and that wisdom is known by her children. Wisdom is known by its deeds. You people who are these other cities have seen all these miracles, but they have not chosen to live out the way that I'm teaching. This idea of repenting and changing mm-hmm. and having a paradigm shift, shift how you've been viewing things come this way and if you could be like children if you could humble yourself and become like children you'd be able to that that Torah. i would call it the torah age you know you learn you just know the torah if you mm-hmm. can get back to that age and now you can hear how i teach on top of that it, it uh it makes sense Whew. so i think that's that's how <laughs> i would i i know we gave you a couple interpretations i feel like i just wrapped it up in a very pointed way of drawing all those things together so it's okay if you disagree if you're like that doesn't make any sense neil that's fine because the, the last part was me taking one interpretation of each of those sections that we've covered tonight, today, this morning, and wrapping it into one piece. But that's what, I was just the easiest way. That's how my brain has has made it cohesive, instead of seeing the Bible as like, then Jesus said this, and then this happened, then this happened, then like, how do you wrap it together and make it all cohesive?
0: Yeah. Do we do we do a hymn now to like wrap up the service? Oh gosh, no. Sing no. some songs
1: i don't know like is there what's the most death metal jesus song (laughs) i don't know we could we could find something oh no no i found it on youtube there's like this pastor that's like starts
0: oh you sent me that didn't you yes yeah yep now i remember
1: um i will try and i don't know i don't know how to like maybe we'll put on our uh, again instagram to be like check out this metal church song or something (laughs) but it is could you imagine dude that's so funny in case we forget and you're like, what is this what are they talking about? It's this lady who is preaching at a church and she's saying all these things rhythmically enough to where this this other guy's awesome musician. He's done a lot of things where he'll take recordings of other people talking or saying stuff and then add music in the background and he adds awesome metal guitar and drums and it's fantastic. So <laughs> yeah anyways well,
0: you know everybody thanks for uh joining us on this sunday morning church service and uh hit us up on instagram uh let us know what you think i always comments are welcome comments ideas you know just give us a shout
1: mm-hmm. all right let us bow our heads <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see you guys next time